Are you in good company with healing? Well, you are now. This is my healing company, the place to awaken the divinity within you and heal the divine family through the power and authority of the mind, body, and spiritual technology. Welcome to my healing company. This is Dr. Rick. Going to introduce a new subject with Dr. Joe Dispenza, and uh, he's got some information that we'd like to relate to you. And we'd like to start with uh, anybody want to volunteer with uh, Dr. Joe? Well, I think it's important for us to start that. Unfortunately, Dr. Joe's not here with us, but what we have done is we've done a lot of listening to some of the things he has said and um, that he has talked about, and so. He is a chiropractor. He also does a lot of research. And currently he is a huge best-selling author and also motivational speaker in regards to helping people heal themselves through the power of their mind and through the power of the, the brain and the functions that occur in the brain when you are meditating specifically. And so he has research that he has that has been scientifically driven, that shows that truly the mind, what the mind conceives, it can achieve. And so it's been in the in the different podcasts and the different spiels that we've heard that he has shared, all that we can talk about together in, in the My Healing Company, we just couldn't help but start the new year and share it with you as you are setting the intentions for the next year and setting the future for yourself. We just thought it was the perfect way for us to be able to introduce this knowledge to you, but also to help inspire you and help you know that you have the capability of achieving everything it is that you have in store for you for this next year and for your entire future. And it all comes down to what we have been talking about since day one, which is Thoughts are things. So what is the most powerful supercomputer that we have access to? And it's right here. There has been nothing that uh, man has created that can equal the computing power of the human mind. And this has been shown time and time again. What Dr. Joe Dispenza demonstrates uh, through uh, this podcast that we listen to is he takes a, a conglomeration of blood tests, uh, over 2,000 different biomarkers that he looks for in the blood. Um, these are from the, from the microbiome, from the blood test, genetic tests, metabolic tests, and they also do um, brain scans, functional MRIs. Um, that show the activity in the brain in certain parts of the brain and how that changes from day one to day seven, even as early as day four. But by day seven, uh, 80%, about 80% of people who go through this um, uh, meditation um, mantra, the steps that uh, Dr. Joe demonstrates on how to meditate um, will show changes consistent with being on the drug psilocybin. Psilocybin is a psychedelic. Um, uh, it's found in mushrooms. Mm -hmm. But you're creating that completely from your own endogenous nervous system. We know that, that we all create uh, opioids which is one of the most powerful painkillers um, 
you know, in the world, but we can create our, our own opioids endogenously, you know, with our minds. That's been shown through research as well. The pharmacological um, mix of, of, of neurochemicals that are demonstrated through the, the functional MRIs and then the blood tests that are performed really is, is more effective than any one single drug yet to date. And you had mentioned that actually in a previous podcast, Tyler, in a previous episode that we had had, is that the the research that has come out in terms of the pharmalo- pharmacological studies show that only 25%, I mean, 25% positive function in a, phar- in a pharmacological drug is good. Like, this is what's on the market. Nothing is as high as, like, what we were hearing on this episode that we were listening to of, like, 80, 90% efficient in getting people to improve in their physiological well-being. There's no drug out there that is that good at being able to prevent disease or cure disease or create any type of a, a reaction in our bodies like our own pharmacological physiology. And that's because, as, as it stated, physician, heal thyself. Because we have to take responsibility for our own healing as well. And if we just recognize this power that we have. I was sharing with our, our uh, family here, my healing company, that I grew up in the um, 60s and 70s. And I loved Bewitched and uh, I Dream of Jeannie and Mary Poppins because I believed in magic. I believed there was something other than this physical world that we saw aiding us and being able to make a difference in the pursuit of happiness and the and and the bringing joy into every moment and so what we are getting people to understand by taking the responsibility of what the mind conceives and believes you will achieve and what you profess comes to pass and as simple as creating a script creating a story in your mind so say a patient comes in and they are full of guilt and and whatever it is that they're full of guilt from happened a long time ago or maybe happened yesterday, but it's old news. And so if you live in that world of guilt, then you're going to keep recreating those feelings and those emotions and then what that happens in the fascia and how that will stay. And, and it's all of these new diseases that we know have been created since the late 80s. And it's because of stress. And so what we are teaching people to do is what are the things you want to feel? If it isn't guilt, what is it you want to feel? And we teach the body what it feels like emotionally to have this sensation of happiness, this sensation of joy by using these words, taking a patient back to a joyful moment and knowing that that feeling feels incredible and teaching them how to meditate, how to use their mind and take them into those spaces to create that story that tells a different story and to see a different result. And when you do that, what happens is that you repeat this, you rehearse this information over and over again. Rehearse, So remember, one day we'll all end up in a hearse. And so what do you want to feel when you get into that hearse? Have you rehearsed enough to feel good in that hearse? I'm going to do it because I know that the more time I spend in feeling good, then I am going to be able to share that joy and that light because one person's light of goodness and joy and happiness is stronger than a million people 
that are not in that light, that are in the darkness. And when we think that we as a collective consciousness can make that change, I'm signing up for that group. What about you, Gam? Sign me up. <laughs> One thing that I think was really interesting that he mentioned was how all of our emotions are, like you had just been saying, is based off of a past experience. Yes. It's an emotion that all of the emotions we have is based off of a thought and that thought then creates a choice and then that choice creates a behavior and then that behavior is then what elicits an experience which then provides the emotion. And so if you can stop and actually come back to rewriting that thought, that thought will change the choice which then will change the behavior which then will change the experience which then will change the emotion. And so if you can imagine yourself with your thoughts, the emotion that you want it to be, you're, you are already pre-programming everything about your body, your spirit, your intellect, everything to manifest whatever it is that is at the end of that, right? Which is that emotion that you're looking for, that emotion that you are focusing on all of your attention. One of the things that I also wanted to mention that has just been incredible is also that this is not new information. You know, we like to talk about how thoughts are things is new information, but we are. this is not the first time we've talked about it. It's not the first time you have heard of it. I mean, this is something that is across cultures and across religions and across uh, different paths people have taken. Even back way before people like Buddha and Christ and Muhammad, you know, who all touted that thoughts are things. Yes. They all taught this. They all taught the power in our thoughts. In fact, Buddhism is originally was originally not meant to be a religion, but a way of actually scientifically scientifically getting to that point where you need to learn how to control your thoughts. Because the Buddha said that everyone needed to learn how to control thoughts, not just the religious people. And that by controlling your thoughts, then you truly were free. And so it's this amazing idea that we're just rewriting history, right? We're just rewriting history. And the collective as an organization of the human body, we are feeling like we need this intervention because we live in a world where 75 to 90% of us are so emotionally sick because of the stress, we go to the doctor. And 75 to 90% of those ailments are because we're stressed. It's right. because we are sick emotionally, psychologically, because we live in a world where we are literally allowing our thoughts to run rampant and never to slow down and stop. It made me think about, over the holidays, Regina, I watched an old production from 1974 about Moses. And it was so well done. It was done with very, very good actors and, and very professionally done. And when you just said that, it made me think, well, it's like the children of Israel who, when they were freed from Egypt, what were they all doing? They were looking for the land of milk and honey, right? I mean, that was their operating system. We are on this journey to find the land of milk and honey. And they had to connect what? With their spiritual technology to heaven. And wasn't it heaven that provided all of those things that, that happened and the miracles around them? Where did we miss that mark of remembering we need to see what it is we want in the future. We need to feel those emotions of what that's going to feel like. And what we tend to do is live in the past of what those emotions were. And what happens when we do that, we then make it. Have you ever heard of making a mountain out of a mohill? So something could have happened that was really insignificant. 
in the big scheme of things. I mean, when things happen, ask yourself, what is this going to matter in five years? Or is this going to matter to raising my children to be healthy and happy, uh, successful adults in, in their life? Or just something that brings you back to understanding how powerful it is to not make something so insignificant a big thing. Because if you don't deal with that, then it builds and builds and builds and builds. And when you get on our table, Dr. Marler and I are going to have to do a lot of work to get rid of that. So cut it out. <laughs> Come on, and you enjoy doing the work. The work is so free. <laughs> so we do need to create a new conscious self, right? Isn't that what we're talking about? From meditation. Exactly. What do you do to meditate? I have happy thoughts. I have good thoughts. I think about how successful I want to be. It, I, I'm doing a 180 because growing up in the casino business, it was uh, everything was negative. And, uh, you know, like... Uh, my, I'm so poor, my, my dreams are in black and white. And uh, life's a bitch and then you die. And, you know, things like that uh, is what I experienced in the casino business. So I was always kind of dragging one foot as I went along, even though I was doing well, making money. But I just, you know, people kept saying to me, Rick, when are you going to retire? And I would say, when I die, because I, I, I didn't think enough about what I wanted to, to do or be in, not the hereafter, but the hereafter the casino business. <laughs> <laughs> I, wanted, I want to relax and have a good time. And so that's, uh, that's why I'm here with uh, my healing company, because I'm getting healed just being the proctor here. <laughs> And I'm excited about that. But you have started meditating. Yes, I have started meditating. And uh, good thoughts. I, ha I have a good time meditating. I think one thing that, that, we, that kind of gives meditation a, a, is difficult for meditation. People mm -hmm. start meditating. I've had this experience. I'm not sure. Most of us probably have had this experience. But you close your eyes. You're sitting down. And you can either follow a guided meditation, which I have found is very beneficial if this is the first time you've ever done a meditation because it helps focus your brain. Because what happens is, is what I like to call the squirrel brain, is if there's not that stimulus that's helping you refocus, you end up becoming overwhelmed because then you all of a sudden get real, You your eyes are open to the reality that your mind literally sounds like 10 different radio stations going on at the exact same time blaring with different kinds of music and it kind of looks like this or a kid going through the different tv channels and it's a different channel and it's literally every possible thought process you ever have is running across the face of your mind and it's like that's what happens when i meditate why would in the world would i ever want to do this this is overwhelming and i'm supposed to just think about one thought and so I think that that is where people get disheartened and they're like, I can't do this. There's, there's obviously something wrong with me because my <laughs> thoughts are literally running a million miles a second. How in the world am I supposed to get it to where I'm focusing on just one or two or nothing? I have a clue. So I follow a, an incredible woman um, 
Esther Hicks, um, and uh, she teaches the same exact thing about how we feel inside is going to determine everything that happens in a day. That if you feel good, then good things come to you. If you let your energy and your thoughts go down, then you're going to be attracting that. Because like attracts like. So in that process, and meditation is, is the key. In that process of meditation, she teaches uh, that plug your consciousness into something innate like, like an air conditioning system. And try and just focus thinking about that air conditioning system and nothing else. Uh, another, another model is a candle. And have a candle sitting there and look at the flame and try and just think just focus on the flame. So instead of trying to control your thoughts, you're using your mind, but using it in a controlled fashion to focus on something. And what you'll do is you'll find if you use your breath, like any of yogis out there, we love yoga, and how it teaches the, the very basic thing about breath. Breath is prana. Prana is the energy that flows through us. And so if you think about your breath, slowly moving up like an elevator and slowly coming out gently in the same fashion, you can slow down your parasympathetic nervous system and your nervous system to a point where that will stop happening and you will be able then to think thoughts. A thought will come by and you'll think, oh, where did that come from? Well, it's because you've gotten rid of all the noise. And so that's, that's a clue to helping people get into that state of meditation. And it takes what, Leslie, to get to that point? It takes practice. It takes practice. Yes. And small practice. It doesn't, it doesn't have, we're not talking about 30 minutes or no. an hour a day. Five minutes, 10 minutes. Five, yes. 10 minutes. But every day. Every day. Every day. Do you brush your teeth every day? Do you wash your body every day? Most people do. And think about that if you have not cleansed those things in your mind for days, weeks, months, years, how much is built up in there? And so this is just the practice of getting rid of the old and having space to invite the new. What does it do for your heart? Oh, man. That's going to be another podcast because what we have discovered scientifically from the brain-heart connection, that we actually have more brain cells in our heart. Isn't that uh, something that they have found, that you have more cognition cells in your heart than you actually do in your brain? And so... There is a connection in our body that we are just beginning to understand. So thank you for that. You're right. You're right. More to come in my healing company, so stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> so what I like to think about is, is if you want to create a new life, think about the life you want to create. Think of it as a program. Yes. Absolutely. Like it, you literally, we are so familiar now with programs and codes and how everything that we enjoy in technology has been programmed to be that way. If something's not working on the internet, on a website, it's not been programmed correctly. Yes. Correct. So it's a matter of, it's a program. So That's just exactly as a programmer it. has to sit there in front of the computer and write the code, that meditation is your code for the day. It's your code for the next hour. It's your code for whatever experience you are about to embark on and it allows you as you continue to rewrite that code and create the new circuit 
just as Dr. Joe talks about, you're into, you're pruning, right? You're pruning the old. If you are not using those wires in your, the, the tape recording we've talked about yes. in our brains, that your brain actually ends up getting rid of it because it's like, oh, this is no longer useful. And you literally are rewriting what it is that you are telling yourself over and over again. Which then leads me something, another thing that I think is interesting that got brought up is this idea that everything, if we are in a therapy session, mm-hmm. 50% of the things that we talk about that happened in the past is not even real. Yes. 50% of it is stuff we have made up. It's not even something that has actually happened. We may believe it is actually what happened, but 50% of the actual experience of what happened and took place that allowed you to feel the way that you did is actually the story that you made up to allow yourself to feel that way. And when we realize that that is what it is, the power then comes back around. It's, it's as we practice these things, life truly does start to get magical. It does. So I, I really like the saying, uh, fake it till you make it. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> um, because uh, there's, I've always believed there's a lot of truth of that. And really what you're doing is you're rewriting that source code until it becomes a habit. So you, you have to, to practice anything you want to be proficient at, right? If you're learning a new instrument, if you're learning how to play a sport, um, if you're learning how to ride a bicycle or learn how to, how to snowboard, you know, the, I, I'll never forget the first time I snowboarded. Um, I spent the whole day on my rear end sliding down the mountain on my rear end and I just <laughs> falling over and over and over again. I already knew how to ski. I had been skiing since I was three years old, and I was like 15 or 16 when I tried to learn how to snowboard, and it was such an unpleasant, uncomfortable, painful experience that I have never done it again. So, you know, some people may have had that experience with meditation, for example, like Milena was talking about, which is why guided meditations can be very helpful. If I had an instructor, you know, who was teaching me how to snowboard, and said, you know, you need to lean this way and, you know, this is how you stop so you don't fall down the mountain. <laughs> that would have been really helpful, you know. And so having a, an instructor to guide you through the meditation is extraordinarily helpful. Another thing that I have found when I've tried to, to meditate when it's been very difficult is uh, music. So having some music and it could be different for everybody. I mean, you know, people have different experiences with music. And so um, finding music that is calming and relaxing, there, there are some specific um, um, tones and, and musical um, arrangements that uh, have been scientifically proven to decrease your heart rate uh, to... Uh, uh, slow down your mind and facilitate meditation and provide healing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, using those to assist you in your meditation is very powerful. I think yoga, for example, is a very powerful practice in this because not only are you using your mind when you are doing the exercises within yoga, you're also using your breath. Mm-hmm. And so you are literally connecting the mind, the body and the spirit in those movements that you are experiencing in those positions, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is why yoga has been so healing for millions of people because 
it is the connection that people make with their mind, body, and spirit and allows them to truly become one mm-hmm. with and being aware. I think that's another huge thing that that we we really love. And that's one of the focuses we have here at My Healing Company is, for, is to help other people become aware of the reality that they are living and that they don't have to live in that reality. Exactly. Their reality is literally an illusion. It is a, the magic trick that their eyes have created. As Buddha says, it is literally the dust over their eyes. So true. And so this is something that as we grow as a community, we are actually also growing collectively in consciousness and truly creating the kind of change that we are all looking for in our, in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our sphere of influence, because that is where that change can make the most difference. And what does Gandhi say? We have to be the change. So we have to start out with these practices first as examples for ourselves to create that energetic um, feeling that is going to attract someone else to say, oh, well, what are you doing? You seem so much lighter and happier. And and I, I know some people, when you mention yoga, especially when you're in your sixth decade, like myself, my husband in his seventh, people think, oh, that's a practice where you have to turn yourself into a pretzel. I couldn't do that. There's so many other modalities of yoga. You can do yoga sitting in a chair. You can even do a practice called laughter yoga, started by two doctors in India. And it is so brilliant. I was fortunate to live in Laguna Beach and got to be part of the Laguna Beach chapter of laughter yoga. They met there every day for 13 years. They never missed a day for 13 years. But the reason is, again, it's taking you out of your conscious state. You're you're in a circle. You're helping each other find funny laughing things in in your postures and and, and just releasing what you talked about, those, those endorphins that create the cortisol, that give you the serotonin. We were having our own drug party out there on the Laguna Beach beach, okay? Completely sober. Completely sober with nothing but each other. And that's power. That is the power of our mind, body, and spiritual technology. So what do we do when we... Because right now I think it's, it's easy when we're on a high, right? When we are on a high, it's so easy to talk about these things. Literally, it is like a high. It really is. So what do we do when the high is over? Pray. Pray. It's a part of the mind, body, and spirit is prayer, and I'd like to introduce that into our podcast because that is a good thing to do and we can help you learn how to pray in our coming podcasts but we always pray before and after before our podcasts and it helps out a lot it really sets the tone prayer is a form of meditation it's a it's a way that we can connect with uh, with a higher power, uh, a higher um, understanding, uh, really our, our heavenly family, what um, we know as our heavenly father and heavenly mother. Um, and and really being able to to take a step out of this current reality that we're living in and placing ourselves in a, um, reality that we can see ourselves in in the future because we all have the potential to become gods and goddesses uh, just like our Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother 
And so, so prayer is where we can commune or meditate with that source power to help rewrite our source code uh, and our, our genetic uh, coding. Because we, we know that um, genes now in the field of epigenetics are completely uh, changeable. That with our minds, they now can show that in seven days, you can change your gene expression. That's what Dr. Dispenza uh, has proven, over and over. Has proven uh, with the research that he's doing um, out of the, isn't the University of San Diego? California, I yes. think is what he said. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so that's, that's pretty miraculous to me that in, in such a short period of time that you can affect change on a such a small, really quantum level. You're absolutely right, Tyler. And when you talk about um, this idea of having this spiritual technology and plugging into our heavenly family. Well, how would it be if we absolutely knew that we had a personal assistant next to us all the time? How would you like to have a personal assistant next to you all the time? And we share yes, this please. with we share this with our patients, don't we? We tell them about the fact that we all have a guardian angel. And we do. This is written in scripture from every spiritual modality that there has been. And we forget that. You forget that you have a fully employed spiritual technologist sitting right next to you. And all you have to do is ask. We forget to ask. Ask and you shall receive. And so when you talk about prayer, that's what prayer is. Prayer is asking. And I am in constant contact with my, with my guardian angel. And I'm asking and asking for things to happen. I'm really in a, in a bind here. I need a quick parking spot. There's a parking spot. I'm really in a bind here. I've got to find this right away. Please help me. And there it is. I'm knowing I'm going to find the right person to talk to when I go into this, to this meeting. And that's what happens. Isn't it amazing to think that we can script our lives? That's and it makes sense about. that that's what we are doing if we are all to be gods and goddesses. Of course. This literally is our playground of practicing uh, that creation. Practicing that. That's it. So we come back living. to our original mother episode where we were, that's really what we're talking about here, guys. What yes. we're talking about is that we are all gods and goddesses in training. And this is, this is the... Uh, it's the the play by play. It's the book. It's the course. It's yes. the university that it's we get the to program. do. It is the program. We're in the program. Yes, that where we get to practice creating. Yeah, we're in the matrix. And it's like my grandson. He's so into his video games now, and he can't wait to win the level. I gotta win the level so I can get to the next level. Well, isn't that what we're all doing? You know, uh, you shared an experience over the holidays that was quite intense. And I said, well, honey, you just got your PhD level. You won that level, okay? And so if we just change our stories and we give ourselves a break and we realize that we are creating our destinies by the thoughts we think. And sometimes when you start rewriting your code, you have to flush out the old code. Oh, yes. And so sometimes time, sometimes things get worse. Actually, I would dare say oftentimes things get worse before they get better because you are literally flushing out 
that code and continuously you are rewriting that code over and over again. And so one thing that we've talked about here, this is my healing. This is a my healing company. We are all going through our own individual healings in my healing. And so the cycle that I've personally been on, it's been amazing over the last four weeks being able to pinpoint that my cycle usually was a six month cycle where I got to, I got to see that my ego needed a check every six months. I can tell you that within the last six months, I have seen it countless times. And it's because of the program having to be flushed out of my system and the realization that everything I'm experiencing is because that's what I wrote. Exactly. The program I'm currently living is the program I wrote. That's exactly And right. so the universe is like, oh, you want to get rid of this? Well, let's flush this out. And it is painful to have to, it, for the, it's not for those fate and heart because you literally are having to rewrite something that you thought was so real and then you see it over and over and over and over again, regardless of the amount of time you are spending to rewrite it. It almost it makes you feel like you're insane. But remember, we are pruning old connections and sprouting new. We are learning habits of uh, the old self so that we can invent the new one. We are unfiring to rewire and deprogram to reprogram. What we're, are you doing, we're Gammy? We're to play nice in the sandbox. Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. That's how we become gods and goddesses. As I have loved you, love one another. Amen, brother. And do unto others as I would do unto you. And these are the two greatest commandments. Amen. Hey, women. And so it is. Thank you for joining us on your healing journey at My Healing Company. We hope you found inspiration, knowledge, and insights that can empower you and your family to live a more balanced and divine life. If you're ready to take the next step in your healing, we invite you to explore our services and resources at MyHealingCompany.com. There, you will find a wealth of information, services, workshops, and events to support your path to healing and transformation. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media for the latest updates, interviews, and enlightening content. Your feedback and questions are always welcome. We'd love to hear from you, so please feel free to reach out. Remember, healing is a continuous journey that is best done through the power of spiritual technology. We are here to support you every step of the way. Take good care of yourself and stay connected with us for more healing insights and wisdom. Until next time, continue to awaken your divinity through the power of your mind, body, and spirit.